Last time, Unlawful Stupid. It's a little different this time, because Devin has not been privy to the last two interludes. Um, you know what they say, save the best for last. That's, uh, you say that. that's very true. Yeah, and usually they're lying, but that's okay. Uh, this time we're not. We're going to have our <laughs> Atlas boy. Um, so prior to the two interludes, really, the three boys went their separate ways. And Atlas had struck a deal with Etis, the god of vengeance. And him and Alaria both kind of decided that they're gonna they're gonna get that vengeance. So um go ahead and tell me just uh before we roll into the first event, tell me kind of what that the the tension between Alaria and Atlas is like from Atlas's point of view. So Alaria is constantly being been chanting, and if you listen to the episodes, you, you've heard her say often, you need to be stronger. And so Atlas is just, you know, at a point where he feels like this is, you know, this is it, like killing things and getting revenge for Yarg and for the city of Oxbane, that this is what, you know, one, he thinks she's talking about and because killing, that's all she's ever said was kill. You have to get stronger, you have to kill. And so he's like, well, fine, you're going to be stronger, then I'm going to be stronger, and I'm going to kill all the monsters. Um, anyone who's behind these doors and along the way, we're going to take care of uh, Kinra. And that's how it's going to happen. That's how he's going to become stronger. Okay, cool. So we're going to um, we're going to move into that first event. And so... Suns have risen and fallen, moons have passed, and Atlas has, he spent about half that time on a boat, um, getting to the last of Urkbach, and we see flashes of him on the boat, having conversations with Alaria, some tense, some, um, neutral, uh, but never really as close as they were prior to Edith's involvement and when they arrive to Bastonia and they're traveling through the snow Atlas finds himself eventually finding the last of Urkbach and and he comes across this large city it's to be traveling through a land full of ice and snow and woods and mountains and really just this this almost desolate feeling continent as a whole he comes across the last of Urkbach which is this huge multi-tiered city and it just as the closer you get the more you walk this warmth grows over you because through magic or science or just Fables in general, the closer you get to that city, the warmer and more at home you feel. Mm. And so, Atlas and Alaria adventure into the city, and I think they're there for a couple days before Atlas finds someone who may have information on exactly what he's looking for. So I think you go into this like, um, it's like mercenary shop, and you uh, walk up to the counter. You've heard news about. If you, you know, like if you go to the Frozen Blade, they'll have the information you seek. So when you yeah. when you go into the Frozen Blade, you see this like half troll, half human situation. Like he's got small troll tusks, 
um, but he's more humanoid than troll, but he's got like this like crazy spiky hair. And when you walk in, he laughs and he says, ah, welcome, welcome. I <laughs> haven't seen a white orc in some time. I bet, I bet you blend in quite well. I'm looking for a Kinra Ironclaw. Never heard the name. <laughs> right down to business, I see. Yes, of course. Of course, I know of him. But that's not someone you would like to... interact with, boy. He's exactly who I want to interact with. <laughs> I see. Man who knows what he wants. Well... That information is not free. I'm listening. If you want to know what Kenra is, I'll be happy to part with that information for thirty gold. Check my bag. Um, yeah, you, do we have just to carry over? I guess what we had from. Yeah, I mean, you for sure have thirty gold, okay, man. Yeah. Like at least. I, I don't know what you were carrying when um, the season ended. But you can go ahead and assume you've made 50 to 60 gold between now and then. Betwixt, okay. Um, <clears throat> and I'll say, uh, I'll give you 20. That seems like fair enough information for you just to tell me what a person is. I appreciate a haggler. I do. But listen, boy, I can was not someone that you want to get on the wrong side of for very little coin. Twenty-seven gold is is really the lowest I can go. So are you working for Kinra? Is that what I'm to gather from you saying you don't want to trespass on him? Oh no, boy. I would never work for someone who dabbles in uh, magic like that. But it's my business running the Frozen Blade to really understand what's happening in my city. But make make judgments or assumptions as you wish. The price shall not change any farther. I'll take out 27 and throw it, just like throw it onto the desk and say, where is he then? And uh, I, I think this uh, half troll, half human, um, like gathers up this gold and he's like kind of looking at you annoyed. Like he's not like desperate to gather it up. He just like gathers it up and says, quite the attitudes you have. I suppose it comes with your rice. You can find him in the depths below the city. And he continues to kind of give you more exact instructions on how to find Kenra. Um, as he stacks up these coins. So you and Alaria do that. You you make your way through the city and through the last deck park at Urkbach. Which, by the way, three sessions, first time I dropped the make your way. And we did a tally, only did it six times over 38 episodes. So, awesome. <laughs> you guys, you and Alaria, travel to the city and you make your way, we'll double up, down to the underbelly of the city. And you're seeing thieves and the homeless and the darkness of the, of the, the world, really, but just the city of Urkbach. And you kind of 
reach this, 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 the, the underbelly of the underbelly, really. It's like this creepy sewer-esque thing, and there's a, there's like this half-orc, um, between you and the chambers of what you know to be Kenrez, and as, as you approach, he says, Hark thou, what are you doing? I was summoned by Kenra. Uh, roll me a decep- uh, deception check. That's an eight. And, um, I don't see that going well for you, if we're being honest. Um, uh, yeah, he, he looks at you and says, Kenra's been busy for days. He's not sent a word for anyone. And like besides uh you you two, it's a pretty like lonely hallway leading up to um Kenra's room. Let me ask you this, is uh I don't know if do have Laurie and I gotten to a place where almost we can connect with thoughts, or is it does it have to be strictly Yeah, you don't have to speak words to communicate with her anymore. And in fact, your travels, um you can almost like will yourself into that that snowy forest where she resides mm. um the only thing is when you do that it kind of like takes real time to do that you haven't been able to do that and it'd be kind of this like quick instant thing okay um I, I, I to Alaria alone I say we don't have time for this and uh you hear this 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 voice say I, I, kill him. Get him out of the way. And I'll take the sword out and I will attack. Uh, do me a favor, roll a melee attack for me, please. Natural 20. Uh, yeah, so I think he's like shouting and he's like, listen, I know Kenra's schedule better than anyone and you're not. And like, you just in this like swift motion, um, slice him in twain. And like I think he's like even stuck. And you're not on the list. And I, he just like slides apart. And you hear Alari go, "Okay, that was impressive." And you uh, are greeted with these double doors. Uh, I want to first clean the blade off on whatever clothes that that thing the half orc was wearing. Yeah, you super wipe the blood of this orc off on his clothes. Love and, it. Uh, I'll just step on by him through the door. Yeah, and so I think you push the doors open. They're not locked. He's got a guard. And you see Kenra Ironclaw. You've seen him before. And he's that now corrupted appearance. And um, I think I think even you, and Alarium can see more than you, um, but even you can see this, like, like this darkness pouring off of him. And he's over this table, and there's, like, this body on this table, and he's got his hands inside of it. Kenra, look at me. I I don't have time for this, boy. Go on, go on. If there's someone who needs me, they know how to contact me. Kenra, I'm here because you have to die. And as soon as you say that, he turns around and his like hands are like just covered in his blood. And he looks at this like white orc and says, <laughs> What is a pupper like you doing here? And I pull out Alaria, the blade. I pull out the blade for him to see. And he grumbles. 
Ah, I can't believe this is finally coming to pass. <laughs> and you almost see like this, you see a moment of sorrow and then it's like quickly replenished by rage and he says, That's literal elf. How would I know that she brings such a, such a young papa here to fight me? You will regret this, boy. We'll see. And I'm just gonna attack. Yeah, uh, roll a melee attack for me, please. Uh, 16. So you rush up to him, uh, Alaria drawn, and you bring this blade down, and he, like, raises both his hands up, and you've seen the spell shield happen before. You've seen it, um, you've seen Kristoff do it, you've seen other mages do it, but your blade connects with this, like, shadowy presence, and he snickers and says, You're going to need more than that, boy! And he, like, um, he, like, attempts to knock you back, which... Uh, I'm assuming a 18 connects. It does. Um, yeah, so he knocks you backwards, and you kind of slide, and you feel this, like, shadowy essence, like, just, like, pour off of you. And he says, listen, boy, if you know what's good for you, you'll turn back around those doors, or I'm going to leave you with less than you came with. That sword will be mine, and your life will be mine. It won't matter much either way if I don't succeed in doing what I came here to do. Attack again. Yeah, roll a melee attack for me, please. Uh, also, I'd like to, if, as a bonus, I'm going to go into my rage mode. At yeah, time. absolutely. You're super going into rage mode. That makes sense. Uh, that's another 16. Uh, yeah, so that doesn't connect either. Like, So you, you get full on rage mode and you like rush forward and uh, like blinded by your rage, you like go to attack and he sidesteps you and you feel this like it's like claw rake into you and he says you are going to have to do better than that boy apparently you've learned nothing aside her by her side oh Ilaria, you've learned nothing and uh almost like this like rage fills you for her like you're already in rage mode and then you just feel this topple um, for you and, and this like the scar across your back or this cut across your back you don't even feel it um, and so you just like st you stumble forward and you and you hit this uh, workbench and you see this like elf um, like just dismembered on the table um, what do you do uh, I'm just extremely furious I, I can't think yeah. about anything except his death yeah so roll go ahead and roll with advantage that's a 23 uh, with advantage? Yes. Okay, cool. So you turn back around and you move at a speed you've never really felt. Like it's like Alaria is almost picking you up as you as you fight. And you catch Kenra off guard. And so when your sword comes down, he like grabs it with his left hand and it like cuts deep in there. It's, it's like his hand and uh, your sword become one. And he roars and he's. Ah, Fine! And he reaches his right hand and just grabs your face. And you feel this awful pain. This pain that cuts through the rage. It cuts through the 
dullness of apathy and the lack of empathy and as all of your emotions like wash away while you're in this barbaric rage but you still feel this and when he pulls his hand free you feel your vision break you feel it almost feel like half the world you would ever have seen it just falls and you watch as Kenra holds your eye in his hand and he laughs and laughs and it disappears within his fist and it doesn't it's not like he squishes it and it explodes and you see this goo when he closes his hand it disappears and then he grabs you by the chest and he throws you against the wall do me a favor roll a constitution saving throw And as your remaining eye blinks, you watch as Kenra stumbles towards you and you see something you've never seen. You see the translucent form of Alaria picking up her own blade to defend you. Hmm. And you hear Kenra say, I'm going to teach you both a valuable lesson. And you hear Alaria say, You're not going to do anything to either of us. And your vision fades. And while you don't remember what happened after that, Alaria will tell you that they fought. And that it was one of the most desperate things she's ever done. And that all she wanted to do was to protect you. And that that event taught her something, something she forgot. Something she forgot when she died. Something she forgot that maybe she even knew while she was living, but something she had never experienced. That she cared more about you than anything else, than her own freedom, her own curse, her own binding, that she was willing to give everything to save you. And so, the two of you travel, and you're searching for Kenra still. He proved to be harder to find, and we see flashes of Atlas striking down bandits and slavers. He hunts down some, some monsters in the area and we see Atlas and Alaria transposed upon one another and they're fighting and they're fighting these fiends. Fiends very similar to the ones in Oxbane. And we see Atlas going toe to toe with these things, which is definitely something he wasn't able to do in Oxbane. And He's, he's in front of another set of doors, these icy, frozen, runic doors, and as this demon comes out, it's larger than the rest, and, and, and Atlas transforms. He grows fur and large fangs, and his snout kind of bends forward, and he, he becomes a werewolf, for lack of better terms, and... Alaria is surprised and confused by the transformation 
the 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 former Laria that we usually see transposed over Atlas when they're fighting and when they're battling together, it's dark, and it's missing pieces, and she's missing patches of herself, and you can see the look of worry across her face, and Atlas with the blade and with his his axe in his other hand, and frankly. He uses both of those weapons and then he uses his claws and his teeth and he takes that fiend down. And while he doesn't destroy the door the same way that Findel and Kristoff and Rowan had destroyed the door in the past, he through brute force tears it apart piece by piece, limb by limb. And you can and you can see as he claws at the door, his nails breaking and blood breaking free, so desperate to destroy this door in Bastonia. And then we see the truth of it come where Atlas murders more bandits. And he makes that choice not necessarily of his own free will. He makes that choice while in this new lichen form. And it's almost like he can smell it. Smell the the stench of evil. And, And I think both shocking to Atlas and Alaria at some points. He kills bandits who haven't done anything in front of Atlas. Like, he can just tell they're bad. And he just dispatches them and gets rid of them because he can smell the evil on them. And I think one night it goes too far that he just finds a camp and lays waste to them. And Edis comes to him in a vision. And so Atlas non-wolf form is sitting next to Alaria and I think they're discussing the the fact that he just has lost control and Edis returns and Edis says not quite the brethren I had for you Atlas yeah well things don't always turn out like you hope I gave you this gift this gift of my pack. And I don't feel like you've done anything worthwhile with it. Do you mean gift or curse? Because in my book, it's the latter. Just because you can't control the rage of the wolf just doesn't make it a curse. Orc. Yeah, but whatever it is, it's causing more of a pain in my butt than anything else. And I think Alaria shouts and she says, It's not his fault. You cursed him with this. Alaria, I got this. And Edis kind of like chuckles that low guttural chuffle, uh, chuckle. Smart boy, don't let the girl, the ghost, fight for you. I want to, uh, I'm able to see him, right? Like, he's yeah, like, absolutely. A, I want to stand up and, like, run over and drag the sword against it and then put the sword just underneath his chin without actually doing anything. Be face to face. Yeah, I think he's not even terrified of you. So, like, when you bring this blade up and meet his fur. He, like, stays impossibly still, and he says, 
You've gotten away, Vakalash. There's that. And then I'll lower the sword, put it away, like, you know, put it back. I feel like all I've gotten is nowhere. That's you, where this has gotten me. You have paid the price. You have lost a piece of you. But I can help make you whole. I can give you control over that other. That bit of you. I can grant you that. I kind of, I kind of look up in Mia's eyes because a piece of me absolutely wants that. I don't want to say it, but that's exactly, you know, what Atlas thinks he needs. And Etis says, "Whether you have both of your eyes or not, you are one of my pack." And I don't turn away from my children. There's someone, nay, something in my way. Should you bring the vengeance I desire upon him, I will grant you that control and hereby grant you your vengeance, a power like you've never felt before. If you're so tough, then why haven't you done it yourself? <laughs> and raise attention to sin law. <laughs> I think not, boy. There are rules, gods, divinities, absolutes, and legends alike must follow. To avoid the all-seen eye of Sinlor. Whatever, Wolf. Tell me what you what you need. There is a pirate. I need you to kill him. He's causing quite the problem for my pack. He sails with the Mafis. I want to look up in his eyes then because I have an inkling that I may, whoever it is, I may know them, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything to let him know. And he like leans into you and connects eyes to eye and says, that's red captain senior. Kill him. Bring him to my justice and I shall grant you the control to achieve the vengeance you so desperately seek. I can't do what you ask. I may have a lot of vengeance in my heart and there's a lot of people left to kill that is a terrible evils in this world. But I also haven't forgotten what honor is. And that tiefling helped us secure Oxbane when it was taken over. Where were you? So you know what? Either you grant me that power just because I'm one of your, and I'll do air quotes, children, or I'll just bear the burden of not being able to control this. And maybe someday I will, without your help, Wolf. 
and uh, he says, But if I told you, he was the reason for Teresa's death. Time out. No, no timeouts. Play the game. So, play the game with Atlas knows? Is this something Atlas knows? Nope. That is nope. You play the game with the knowledge you already have as Atlas. You lie. What reason do I have to lie? I've given you so much already. The gods don't give because they are kind. They give with deceit and malice and ulterior motives. Ask my friend Rowan. <laughs> if you would let Teresa's killer go, maybe you're not the pup I thought you were. My blood is boiling because he's talking about my mama. Um, <laughs> you show me proof. And he says, I need not show you anything. I believe you can feel it in your bones, boy. I want to roll to see if I feel it in my bones. Go ahead, roll roll a uh, insight check to see if um, okay. he is lying to you. Yeah, you don't have any reason to believe that he's lying to you about this. All right, so if, if this is true, and I'll say, I'll, I'll visit home. That's how I'll know. I'll go home. And if what you say is true, consider the deed done. And he smiles this wicked smile and he raises his paw to you. And he takes one claw and kind of scratches down your left pectoral. And you feel this fire reach across you and, and you have scars across your body you've gained over time fighting and um you have this this burning scar on your back as this new one forms and you hear Alaria scream out no and you hear Edith say you are one of my greatest pups one last thing was he directly responsible he was responsible enough. Did he do the deed? I don't... If someone else... If she is dead, if what you say is true, I'm after whoever did it. And he, like, pulls his paw around you on your back, and you feel this, like, this warmth um, as he places this giant paw on your back and says, I would never... Lie to a pup of mine. I believe that I'm doing what's right. I think everyone always thinks they're doing what's right. And I'll turn and walk out uh, and grab whatever gear I have. I'm assuming there's like an exit to get out. I can't remember if we Well, I mean, you're just like walking away from this scene because you're in the snowy yes. forest and the woods and you kind of like walk into the darkness and like Alaria's chasing after you and the scene fades and we as the viewer 
see so much more. We see Atlas traveling through the snow, Ilaria at his side, and, and heated conversations about whether Edis was telling the truth or not, or what they should do next. And Atlas returns home. And when he returns home, they tell tales of like this, 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 these vampires. And they tell tales uh, of this like bard who came and like got rid of Sinla and these evil vampire children and how he saved the town. And, you know, like Atlas goes from building to building and they talk about how Henry and Teresa haven't been seen in a long time. And Atlas makes that decision then that Edis was telling the truth. That Captain Tyndall killed his mother. And that his father is lost and, and maybe dead. But no one in Riverside knows. And Atlas spends the next six months, six moons, um, six Malives. Um, because, you know, that's what the moon's called in this world. And he chases them down. And... Our boy wakes up. He wakes up on this tropical island in the sand. And trees behind him, soft, warm wind blowing against his chest. Alaria's blades sitting next to him. His mask, his, his helmet, his helmet with one eye. Um, covered um, and lay next to him and as he takes a breath and he comes back to the world of the living he's exhausted and next to him Captain Tyndall lays and First Mate Zell lays and in the distance as he sits up he can see the drunken sun and he sees a dozen or so more pirates laid to waste. And as he opens his eyes and re- or his eye and really gets a good look, he sees Alaria um, like kneeling next to Tyndall. And when she notices that Atlas is awake, she says. I'm not sure what we did was right. I... Did we do the right thing, Atlas? It's like the wolf said, I would only do the things I think are right. I had to put the care of my mother and the concern for her above all, because they did, they did that my whole life, right? And she says, I've, I've never been a mother and I don't know who my father is, but I imagine 
If somebody did something to my mother, I would do anything to make it right. But I just... I'm not sure we're on the same path we were on before. And I feel like I, it's, maybe, I, maybe I stood um, as she was talking to me to, mm-hmm. to peer around what was going on. And when she says that, I know in my heart of hearts that she's absolutely right. But I've come so far down this darkened path, there seems like there's no escape. And she, like, uh, crosses a distance um, from Captain Tindall's body to you and says, I know we haven't exactly seen eyes to eye, but... <laughs> I wanted to say thank you because I've never felt closer to someone, um, even dead or alive. And I know that I've not exactly been normal and that you're trying, but I wanted to say thanks. None of the others. I don't I don't remember them trying like you have well I guess uh, the kindness I once had was maybe a curse of its own and I'm just now learning how to be strong and I think she puts her her uh, translucent hand on your cheek and she says um, I I'm not sure that's the curse that you bear. I think I'm your curse. And I think... I think you need to get much stronger. And like her form like shifts and, and kind of gets dark as, as you kind of say her name. <laughs> Mourning over the death of these pirates. They're nothing to us. Nothing. And um, this like darkness like pours out of her and fades away and she says "Ah, ah, I'm sorry Um, no no you've you've done more than I I've ever could have asked for I'm sorry Atlas I'm sorry that you found me you don't deserve this well it's too late now we're on this together whatever happens but so much has happened, and you have... You've done so much that I'm sure you would have never done had I not fallen into your life like this. That might be so, but... If there's one thing I have learned, that there's no looking back. We have to move forward. Um, and so what I'll do next is I'll, I'll take a look at the, the two guys, two pirates, um... You said it was Tyndall and who else is there? First Mate Zell. First Mate Zell. And I will take my helmet and I will start to dig graves for them. And I think you do that. I think you spend the better part of an afternoon digging graves and uh, burying their bodies. And um, the two of you kind of give this um, funeral session and... As you're sitting on this beach, deciding what to do next, Ilaria says, Have you ever thought 
about your birth parents, Atlas? It's been a long time since I even deemed to let their thoughts into my head. It almost seems futile to dwell on it in any way. I can't say that it, it doesn't cross my mind from time to time. Do you think it was easy giving you up? I, I, I can say from my limited, I, I guess, understanding, uh, no. I mean, I, I think about the love. I mean, look look at what we've done, what I've done for the love of my parents. And I can only imagine that that love is much stronger from the top down. I just... I feel like... I feel like I would have been a good mom. I feel like... I feel like I have so much to live. And I... I know that sounds dumb. Because I'm dead. But I just... I feel like I missed out. That... I just feel like we could have had more. I think that's that's the way just life is. You just you dealt the hand you dealt and you try to make the best of it. And sometimes it doesn't go the way you planned. Is that how you feel about us, Atlas? Something that didn't go the way we planned? Oh, I mean, look where we are now. I, I we're no closer to Kenra. Uh, I watch sunsets with one eye now. I guess you could say I I actually do sleep with one eye open at times. That's the only time I ever get any rest. And I think like he hasn't had a chance to have any bit of humor like in a a long time. So like him laughing is almost like his laugh makes him laugh that he, he can laugh, you know, be in this morose environment and still chuckle. And, uh, I think she chuckles too. And she says, you know, that's not what I'm asking. We've, been on uh, such a weird journey and I promise I I want vengeance more than anyone but something changed in Oxbane I I thought we were getting closer and now I feel I feel so far away from you I, I think it's because I, I I used to have hope I used to have a reason to to seem to fight for things and now it seems like that reason is 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 only to kill there doesn't seem to be an end to it there doesn't seem to be a goal in mind I feel like I've lost all hope and it's almost like even if I died I just it wouldn't matter it might even be a, a release and um I think she starts crying and I think um you see this like uh, spectral tears kind of roll down her face and she says uh, <laughs> it would matter to me and I may be cursed with this sword but it would matter to me your life is not some token to be thrown away Atlas it's more than that and I just I wanted more for you Yeah, me too. 
Yeah, me too. I, I did not mean to make you upset. I apologize. I think I think your abruptness uh, kind of makes her laugh, right? Laugh through the tears, and she says, "I'm not sure what I expected of any of this. Maybe we should keep going." Yeah, but where to next? I think I think we go back to where this began. I think we go back to Bastonia. And I think we take this gift that he just gave us. And she kind of looks at you and says, Cave you. And I think we end this curse. And if that means the end of us, as long as I know that you'll be happy, I think that's enough for me, Alice. Oh, Lori, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I think for 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 all the time that we, we've been together, I, I've known that to su- succeed in what I'm uh, trying to attempt would mean that you are gone forever. And um, she kind of like does that cr- silent cry. Um, where she's like holding it back, but and but you can like see her shoulders shaking, and she says, uh, "I, I understand, and uh, I get it. I just uh, I want you free of this curse as much as anything else." He'll just look out to the sun, um, and just slowly nod his head. And the two of you sit there for some time. Um, I think you sit there and watch the sunset together. And um, for the first time in a long time, you guys lean into each other. Um, such a strained relationship over the past two, uh, over the past like 18, 19 months. Um, um, for the first time, you guys like felt connected again for the brief sunset. And uh, Atlas takes the drunken sun. He, uh, with, with, uh, Alaria's help, they managed to, um, kind of guide this ship back to Bastonia. Um, and the world kind of falls apart and the clock spins and suns rise and moons fall. And we shift into Alice in the snow. And we find the world piece back together and there's snow falling. And it's thick. And it's, it's obscuring the very view of anyone who dares try to march through something like this. Seeing five to ten feet in front of themselves is difficult, much less past that. And we see a large orc who is battle clad in armor and is wearing this red bandana wrapped around his head and covered by this metal mask and the parts of him that are exposed to the elements almost blend in 
with the snow. And our viewpoint shifts to face Atlas and he takes off this helmet and we see as he kind of like blinks taking off the mask his left eye open and we notice that his right one is shut with a scar over it and his hair is long and messy and covered in ice and his beard is almost almost a little disgusting from like the march through the snow and him weathering the very weather itself and we hear Atlas cry out to the world how long has it been how long must I go on fighting against myself and the evils in this world Laria what good is it all she's going to say why you why us but more so you did it you you became stronger became stronger what what do you think becoming stronger is to lose to lose my eye to the very man that that keeps your soul captured in the sword how is that stronger She stands in front of you. She appears. And her appearance is... It's different. It's more... Solid. It's more who she was. It's not this weak form that she has shown before. She's in that leather battle armor that she had worn in when you replayed out her memories. And she says... You're your own person, Atlas. And the things you've done, they're great. What do you mean? What have you done? What do you mean? I don't understand. Strength comes from being the strongest. That's what strength is. It's having the right answers. It's knowing exactly what to do. Here we stand on this mountain, two years from the time we set out, with nothing to show from it. And she says, I said that you became stronger. I did. I said those words, and I needed you to be stronger, and you've become closer than anyone else, and we've become closer. And there's something missing. There's there's more to it. I'm not following. You don't realize. You don't get it. This curse on me, 
It's a curse on you too. I, I was bound to the sword long before you ever showed up. Ever appeared. And it's my fault. My desire for vengeance, my need to put those who have done any wrong on me to, to, to want to do that back to them. You know, it was my it was my own undoing. And in fact, Kenra wasn't to blame for any of this. I was. Or whatever consumed him. Whatever. It, it that's not the point. The thing I relied on to get my vengeance my family's sword it's my prison. And it's your prison. And uh, of course strength is killing. It's by taking the lives of other and you see her her vision shift and break and it's this darkness pouring over her and sliding off of her and the white snow is is this it's almost like this absence of light is pouring around the two of you. This white pouring of this blizzard disappears. And she says, If you were going to prove your worth, it is by killing Kenra? And everything that stands between us. And if there's some god, we'll kill it too. And the, all of the shadows like explode. And when they explode, this wave of, of darkness slides out. And you see her again, and she says, No, no, no. Strength is more than that. Strength is found in weakness. It's found in doing things that others can't or won't do. Strength is found when you think everything's gone or that all hope is lost. It's something that everybody gives to you. And it's... It's something that you gave to me, Alice. And at that point in time, I am reflecting on... Rowan. And on Kristoff. And on what they might be doing at that point. And I say... Friends give you strength and as uh, as you and Alaria are talking uh, and, and almost like it's it's a talk that you guys haven't had in a long time so focused on this vengeance um, this this like trail of smoke pierces the blizzard and the whiteness <laughs> And this shadowy raven collides into your back and the smoke pours through your chest and almost passes through to Alaria and you this shamble and dirty orc and this white pristine blizzard you begin to have a vision 
as that Shadow Raven collides with Atlas, the world almost freezes around him, and the shadowy figure of Carter Svon stands before Atlas. And it's almost from the viewpoint of a camera, except for obviously this is a spell, and you see Svon standing, not in his Oxbane robes where he fulfilled the role of Justicar, or his ceremonial armor that he battled in in the Battle of Oxbane, but in the armor of a Herald of the Storm. And back in his original armor and with the lance at his side, he speaks forward and he says, Atlas, I hope this Shadow Raven finds you. There is danger afoot. Your dad, your dad is in danger. And we need your help. I've sent word for Kristoff and I've sent word for Rowan and I, I hope the Ravens find them because Ironically enough, I trust no one more than you three. But I need you to venture. I implore you to venture to Whisper War. For the Kingdom of Silence, they're doing unspeakable horrors. There's terrible things going on. And we need you. And I... I know you won't come alone, Atlas. And I don't know much of that ghost friend of yours. But I know if the three of you can come here, I think between you three and the Heralds of the Storm, we can put an end of this and save Goron. Save Whisperwall. And save silence. And you see uh, Svan turn, and these fiends that you've seen before, that you saw in Oxbane, they they kind of show into the camera view this like shadowy, almost uh, uh, sketch. What is that? Echo sketch. What was the echo sketch? One more time. Etch sketch. Etch sketch. For some reason, three whiskey and sours. Three hours later. Can't nail that. So that you. that almost like black powder is what you're seeing this vision in. Mm-hmm. And Svon like dispatches of this fiend and um, kicks it away from the view and says, Atlas, it's getting worse. I need you to come to Westboro post haste. Your dad doesn't have time and Goron doesn't have time. And it fades away. This the shadow raven and the vision before you fades away, and you hear Ilaria say, "What was that about, Atlas?" It doesn't matter. We've got to go. But, but where? I thought we were. We sail with silence. And um, as you say that, she almost smiles, like this wicked smile. And she says, We're going to do something awful, aren't we, Atlas? We will do what is necessary. And she like puts her hand on your shoulder and says, 
I know we've been through a lot, and I know <sighs> some terrible things have been said, and <sighs> neither of us are who we were. But I will always be here for you. I count on it, Aloria. Not you. And we, uh, we see Atlas and Alaria. And Alaria, um, not that translucent. We see the two of them walk side by side through the snow, heading towards the coast of Bastonia to find passage to Whisperwool to save Henry and to repel whatever evil is plaguing Carter's fawn and silence. And so that's the end of uh, the third um, interlude episode. And so now that you've heard interlude episodes one, two, and three, dear listener, um, the fourth one comes next. And the fourth one is something we haven't done before and will be most trying because it will be a monologue by me, your DM, to kind of give the gap between the two years that have crossed for the boys. Um, Very excited about that, actually, more so than all the things. <laughs> it's going to be, like, all-encompassing. I'm hoping that, like, you're, of course, we're going to talk about, like, here's what happened to these characters and here's here's this. This city is like this, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting talking to a microphone for <laughs> thirty to forty five minutes. But um, that being said, uh, we appreciate you listening, and we keep these interlude exits kind of short. So, Devin, is there anything you want to tell the listeners before we play them out? Nope, just oh, as per usual. Thank you for sticking with us this far. If you're listening, that's probably because you are still with us, <laughs> and you you know wherever you started. Uh, we really appreciate your support um, and just listening. If you ever have any questions, we are super open on Instagram and our email at theboys at lawfulsoup.org. And we love to interact. And so don't feel afraid to ask us questions about the podcast or say, hey, I'd like to see this. Dwayne's really good about making any of that happen. And this like epic storm is perfect because it comes in at the end. It came in at, like this best time. Um, but Devin, uh, we say we play them out, man. It's not playing out. Love you, me. Bye. Oh.